Oh, hello there. Didn't see you at first. Come, sit down. I saved you a seat. Can I get you a drink? Would you like an hors d'oeuvre? Perhaps, while we wait, I can tell you a little more about Patreon. Have you heard of a kitten? No? Well, oh, thank you, sir. Here, let me stir your drink for you. Did you know that Ticket Price Podcast is on Patreon? For only $3 a month, you can get access to early episodes, special episodes only available on Patreon like Moments in Horror, as well as interviews with some of our special guests. Oh, please. You kid. I admit, the show is sexy. And that host, voice like pure sex and honey. And that other guy. We don't talk about him, though. This is just us. You and me, and us, and Patreon. So what say we leave this establishment? You can ride with me. I'll show you a lovely time. And when we get back to my place, we'll listen to some ticket price on Patreon. And I'll show you just how good and easy and satisfying it is to subscribe. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, good whenever it is you're tuning in. Welcome to Ticket Price, the only show that asks the question that matters when it comes to movies. Is it worth the ticket price? Is it worth your time and your money? I am your co-host, Jake. With me as always, co-host extraordinaire, and the only man who thinks that there is crying in baseball, Tevis at Master Control. Tevis, how are you, sir? Hey, I've sat through some baseball games and I've cried because <laughs> they're so damn long. I'm doing fantastic, except I'm tired of the damn cold. It's so cold. I'm so done. The other day, it was like, it feels like negative 40. Was that, I'm pretty sure Sir Edmund Hillary didn't have to deal with this nonsense. I don't know what that means. The Explorer. I don't know who he is. You know, I have met some dumb blondes in my life, but you take the taco, pal. Never mind. He conquered Everest. Sure. He was the first guy. Never mind. I can't. Sure. I bet McCready wasn't even this cold. Yeah, let me let me let me make dumbed down references for you. Thank you. There you go. First of all, I want someone out there in the comments to appreciate my Sir Edmund Hillary reference. That was a solid reference. I don't have to deal with this bullshit. Did you get my there's cry there's no crying in baseball I, reference at I, least? Yeah, I did. That was a movie reference, so I got that. You got that yeah, one, got yeah. That one. Oh, good. Yeah. And now everyone's tuning off. I, I realize you've been sick, so we took a little break. We're a little out of practice, but this has gone horribly awry. I think it's going fantastic. <laughs> it's on par. Yeah, that's probably true. To be fair, that's probably true. <laughs> All right. So today we are looking at Alien. <sighs> Alien. Is that a good sigh or a bad sigh? Usually size are bad. We'll get there. We'll get there. Oh. Oh. See, almost no. Oh. 
Is it more of like a seductive tickle? Like, ooh, I don't. You you cannot say anything about a seductive tickle when you're talking about this movie. This movie is full of sexual references, and already we don't need that too. <laughs> oh yeah, right, fair. Yes. Oh, just disclaimer. There's going to be a lot of sex talk, I think, in this episode, just because of the movie we're talking about. Mel Gibson's not an alien. No, I have it in my notes. Mel Gibson is not an alien. <laughs> no, but him and Sigourney Weaver had the exact same hairdo. <laughs> I'm dying. <laughs> I'm dying. <laughs> I was like, why is Martin Riggs on the Nostromo? Martin Riggs would have F that Xenomorpho. Was that a shadow? Bam, 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 bam. Small clip. There's something on that guy's face. Bam, 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 bam. I think we're getting ahead of ourselves, Martin. A little bit. All right. That was the same. That's equal parts. Hilarious. Mean. And shockingly accurate. <laughs> All right. Released in 1979. Written by Dan O'Bannon and Ronald Shusett. Shusett? Sh- sure. Shusat. Sounds, sounds good. Shushat? <laughs> uh, yes. Let's go. Let's go with Shusha And Ronald Shushat, everybody. Welcome to the show. Ronald. <laughs> Directed by Ridley Scott, starring Sigourney Weaver, Tom Skerritt, and Ian Holm. That ring-hoarding motherfucker. I, it took me forever to realize who he was. Oh, really? Yes. My wife and I were watching. I was like, there's Bilbo. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, why do I know this guy? And then it, It's Ian Holm. Oh, my yeah. God. Yeah. It totally took me way longer than I'd like to admit. He's a wildly different character in this film. <laughs> Slightly different, yes. All right. Are you ready for the ratings? Go ahead. IMDb, 8.5. Okay. Uh, Rotten Tomatoes, yeah. 93%. Oh, okay. I thought Rotten Tomatoes was going to be a little lower. Right? Seems like... I feel like IMDb might be a little low. I'm not sure. This one... When I first wrote it down, I went Rotten Tomatoes, 93 based on my memory of the movie, felt right. And IMDb felt a little low. But maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. We'll have to dive into it. We'll have to see, uh, see what your take is. I don't know if I have a take. We'll find out, though. Because uh, if you're new to the show, that's a facetious comment. And if you're not new to the show, you guys already know. I always have a take. Sometimes they're hot takes. Sometimes they're outtakes, but that's a, <laughs> that is those files are deleted and burned. <laughs> Budget made for an estimated eleven million. That is shockingly low. Seems real low, right? Yes. Worldwide gross one hundred and six point two million dollars, almost ten times its money back. That is shockingly high. For the era this movie yes. came out in, I agreed. Yes. Now. But that's $11 million and then you make that much money back? Oh, yeah. I, I, I think they were justified in making multiple sequels. 
Well, given that I I know how those multiple sequels turned out, no, they're not. Y- yes, on on a sequel, two of them. The rest, no. Two of them? I enjoyed Alien Three. No, you didn't. I did. No, you did. It's got Ron Perlman and his no his chili no, shotgun. No, that's and resurrection. And the guy in the wheelchair. No, 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 no. Which wait, no. wait. Which one is resurrection? Resurrection is one where they use cloning to bring Sigourney Weaver back. It has Winona Ryder in it, Ron Perlman. That is the fourth one. Okay. The third one is when she was on the prison planet. Sigourney Weaver's on the prison yes. planet? Is it actually Ripley? Yes. Why is Ripley on a prison planet? She crash landed on the prison planet. Which one does she over behind the back overhead shoots the basketball? <laughs> That's the shitty fourth one. So what happens in the shitty third one? Wait, which one is this movie? This one's the first one. Damn it! What are we talking about? We're talking about Alien, the first one. No, I'll give you Alien, I'll give you Aliens, and the rest is garbage. You don't even know what Alien 3 is, so you can't say it's garbage. Because it's so bad, I can't even... Which one do the aliens swim in? <laughs> the fourth one. Are you sure it's not the third one? I am positive. Are you sure there's even a fourth one, or if it's just four and three and one, it's like a 3.5 situation? No, I watched the third one recently, honestly. Why? Because I like it. I think it's good. And that's why no one listens to your opinions. Well, going back to Alien, the first one, and it's almost ten times, you know, money-making cap- capacity, it had 18 award wins with an additional 22 nominations. On top of being number 52 in the IMDb Top 250, Damn. it won an Oscar for the Best Effects Visual Effects. I can definitely see that. Yeah, I see that one. Are you ready for some reviews? Uh, hit me. From The Guardian. If you want cinematic kicks... Ridley Scott's massively successful alien will give you them in profusion. And from the New York Times, Alien is an extremely small, rather decent movie of its modest kind. Well, that's some bullshit. Alien, critically, was nowhere near as successful or popular as it was commercially. I mean, I never, I did not read or find a n- outwardly negative review. I'm sure they're out there. Someone hates everything, right? Usually, it's me. Um, you didn't get one from the the Ebs. I couldn't find one from the Ebs. <laughs> hmm. So I went with Guardian and New York Times. Okay, they're on the show for, for, on occasion. I I highly anticipated that he was going to hate this just because it's an enjoyable movie. Well, feel free to try to look it up. I don't know. I couldn't find one. No, I found thanks. the Guardian. I found New York Times. I found some others that I didn't care enough to reference. Okay. Uh, but no, uh, most of them were mild, right? Just like yeah, it's fine. If you enjoy this kind of movie, then you enjoy this kind of movie. It's it's simple. You can go to the movie, have a good time. You don't have to think about it. And it is what it is. It's fine. Right? And, and that was a, that's a lot of the critical takeaway in 79 about this movie. Whereas now, in modern scope, you know, we look at it as 
oh my God, it's a classic and it spawned so many sequels. And, you know, the Xenomorph is iconic. Alien is iconic. Ripley is an iconic hero. You know what I mean? Icon, uh, classic, et cetera, et cetera. All these big terms that we use today, which is why when I look up reviews, I try really, really hard to find reviews from its launch. So oh, it has yeah. no... That's smart. Bias on it on its time frame, right? It's not somebody reviewing it today, looking at everything it spawned and letting that cloud how they look at the movie, right? And sometimes that's easier said than done as far as finding reviews um, from from the time. Oh, I can imagine. Uh, so yeah, from seventy nine reviews are very just lukewarm. I, I want to know what was the most popular movie that year. I feel like a lot of the dramas were in the 70s were very popular. Mm -hmm. For for the life of me, I think for some reason, Kramer versus Kramer pops up into my head. Sure. Like that was a big deal back then. So a movie like this definitely doesn't fit the the popular mold in the, the time that it came out. Right. It's almost like um, Alien and in 82, The Thing. It's almost like these movies created or started the popularized wave that would become these kinds of movies. Right. But in their day when they came out, you know, everyone agreed like it's a good movie. But, you know, critically, a lot of people are like, eh, because it's not really in the flavor of their time. Hold on, everyone. He's looking it up. He's looking it up. Also, I guess my question to you is how do you judge or how do you how do you score popularity? Is it? Oh, but by box office. Box office I was, gross. What I was thinking. Because it looks like it's like Superman. So I forgot Superman came out that year. Oh, yeah. Amityville Horror. Moonraker was pretty popular for a while. I haven't seen that one. When a stranger calls. Okay. Remember that? Vaguely, yeah. The call is coming from inside the house. Scream? No, this is what Scream ripped off. Oh, no. Reference. Oh, I'm sorry. Reference. Scream didn't rip off anything. It referenced. It was very reference heavy. Or whatever. I'm about to go on a tangent about Scream unless we get back on track. Let's get back on track. Are you done? Are oh you my done God. Looking? Holy shit. Hang on. Oh, <laughs> okay. Everyone shut up. Shut up. Shut up. 1979 in film. The highest grossing films of 1979. Alien was number six. Star Trek The Motion Picture was number five. Apocalypse Now was number four. Rocky Two, gross, was number three. <laughs> The Amityville Horror was number two. What was number one? 79. I have no idea. Kramer versus Kramer. No way! (laughs) (laughs) Man, the encyclopedia of movies and when they release Tevis, everyone. Tevis of ticket prices. The only man who would have just randomly pulled Kramer versus Kramer out of his ass while talking about movies from 79. I sit in the presence of greatness and I am in awe. I am shocked and awed by your oh. majesty. 
I don't think I could. I would never be able to do that again. Well, too bad. I'm gonna now. I'm gonna be like, <laughs> what was the pop? What do you think? The next, I'm, I'm gonna quiz you on it now. <laughs> Whatever movie we do next, you're like, what year was the best one in '85? I'm like, oh, fuck, I don't know. Uh, Goonies. I have no idea. Goonies has never been popular. That movie sucks. We're not talking about Goonies. Thank God, because Goonies sucks. We're talking about Alien. Everyone in the Q and A section, please leave a comment about how bad the Goonies is. No, we're talking about Alien. And Kramer versus Kramer a little bit. Apparently. But okay, hear me out, though. And again, I, I haven't looked up um, reviews about those other movies in their own time, right? But I don't feel like when you look at that, what, six to one, I don't feel like Alien is an outlier in tone or subject matter. No, honestly. You have the space, you have the horror, they just combined it. Yeah. Uh, but honestly, the space was Star Trek, so. <laughs> <laughs> the call is coming from inside the ship, Captain. <laughs> I believe that was Scream 5, Scream in Space. But the fact that Alien made $80 million that year, and Kramer versus Kramer grossed 106, that's a big gap. Well, I've got it as a worldwide gross of Alien, 106.2. Does it say worldwide gross, though? Or is it like an opening weekend? Or what kind of box? It you just know, says it, of 79. That could be domestic as far as we yeah, know. I well, don't know. No, it, does, it says United States and Canada. Canada counts as domestic, yes. Yes. Yeah. Okay, so yeah, that's just domestic. Yeah. That's not worldwide. No. We deal worldwide, son, like our audience, because we have listeners overseas. We can see that in the analytics. Welcome listeners, one and all, by the way. I don't know if we've welcomed our overseas. I'm pretty sure we did, but I'm welcoming everyone. We're a welcoming community. We're the jolliest group of assholes <laughs> this side of the nut house. Zing. <laughs> did Sarah walk in? Is Sarah here? Yeah, there's a reason she hasn't been back. <laughs> Despite your insistence and her insistence. All hey, right. We need to have Sarah back. I told her if there's a movie you want to talk about or. She's not allowed to pick the movies anymore. <laughs> She's allowed to talk about our movies. Yeah. <laughs> Sing. <laughs> Sing, Sarah. Because I know you're listening. Sing. All right. History with this movie. I don't remember watching this. I don't remember when I watched this. Hopefully within the last seven days for the show. No, no, no. Um, well, with, with your deep, wrinkly brain for obscure movie knowledge, you probably didn't need to. Kramer versus Kramer. <laughs> I know I watched this movie after Aliens was released. Because when this did you see aliens first? I cannot remember. I think I did, but I would have been what four when this movie came out. So this was not one that's on my my hot top list of movies to see. When you were four, four. Um, pussy. Yeah, (laughs) I blame my mom and dad. They wouldn't (laughs) let me. Uh, Yeah, they were too busy renting young guns. Um, but I, I think I did see aliens first, but I do know when I did watch this movie, I, this scared the shit out of me Mm -hmm. and I, this is not one that I watch 
frequently either. I enjoy it, but it'll probably be eight or nine years before I'll watch it again. It's been probably that long since I've watched it before this pod. Mm-hmm. And every time I watch it, it still scares the shit out of me. <laughs> even now, as a grown man. Even now. I'll get a, a jump scare, and I'm like, holy shit, I even knew that was coming. Was it the surprise hug in the vent? <laughs> yeah, there was that. There was there was a, probably four of them. Really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. I couldn't tell you. the. I, I know I was a teenager the first time I actually sat down and really watched Alien. Because, again, I'm not a horror movie guy. And a horror movie guy. Is this a horror movie? Would you consider this a horror movie? You just said it scared the shit out of you and continues to scare the shit out of you every time you watch it. But is it a thriller? I well, You've got the thing pulled up. Just click on it. I'm pretty sure it's classified as a horror movie. No, it's, yeah, I'm sure it is. No, and see, now I've been called out. Now I feel called out. It's a science fiction horror film. Boom! You were half right. No, I'm fully right. You've got the sci-fi part. Anyway, your history. I forgot the sci-fi part. Enough of me being an asshole. Oh, I've had enough of that for a while. <laughs> what episode are we on? <laughs> I've had enough of that for a while. But I was definitely a teenager the first time I've watched it. Uh, just going off what you've said, I know I've seen it more than you have. Because I don't, I re- I touch on it, period. Usually I get a wild hair every two years, maybe three. I'll rewatch Alien, Aliens, Predator, John Carpenter's The Thing. There's just like a host of similar-ish movies that I get a wild hair and I just watch them all, like back to back. That's a, that's a good uh, good group right there. Yeah, it's a good day. It's a good time. So I've seen this plenty and I've always enjoyed it. Um, I've never, I've never been one of those people who's just like, Oh my God, aliens the greatest. Or, oh my God, Ridley Scott. You know, I enjoy it though. It's a good, you know, I always thought it was a good movie, but I don't know. And I remember, um, I can't remember how long ago it's been a handful of years. I bought it on DVD and Blu-ray. Cause I believe my wife had never seen it. I said, you've never seen Alien? So I, I went to Walmart because I knew it would be there, and I bought it. And I came home, I was like, double feature, because it was Alien and Aliens, double feature. Hell yeah. So I bought it. What'd <laughs> and, she think? She likes it. She enjoys it. Yeah. Um. That's, I mean, but again, she's not like, oh my God, this is the best, you know, kind of a thing. It's like, no, we like it, but we're not nuts about it i guess i don't she didn't have the same reaction to alien as she did to while you were sleeping <laughs> i don't even know what that means <laughs> the love the <laughs> love she has for while you were sleeping <laughs> no there wasn't even love in while you were sleeping let alone for while you were sleeping and that's why sarah's never been invited back <laughs> zing I don't know why I don't know why we're jumping on Sarah so much at this one. <laughs> She's gonna listen to this. I'm gonna get a text that just says, What the hell? <laughs> I'll edit all this out. So Sarah, I'm waiting for that text. Uh but no, so but I mean I watch this movie uh, semi-regularly, right? It's not in my yearly rotation like Braveheart or you know, some of those other films. Tombstone is isn't like a monthly rotation, if I'm being honest. But 
I've, like I said, I get that wild hair and I've just got this group of four or five movies that are similar and I just watch them. Although I'm, I've always been more of a predator guy. If I had to pick an ulti- an, an unstoppable alien um, creature that just tears people apart, more of a predator guy. Okay. Xenomorph is cool, but like predator is cool. <laughs> I got to go with the xenomorph on that one. And you're wrong. I'm sorry. Which are caged like animals and hunted for sport? And which ones patrol the galaxy like complete badasses? Were they always badasses, though? They got their butt kicked a couple times. Predators? Yeah. Well, yeah, but I mean, don't... Danny Glover killed one. Fair. That's fair. And but the guy from The Pianist killed the other one. The Pianist killed who? The Pianist. The what? The Pianist. Okay. Oh, Adrian Brody. Yeah. 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 Took he, me a second. He I was killed like, one. The Pianist. Who is that? Yeah, but Adrian Brody's cool. What do you have against Adrian Brody? He's okay. Adrian Brody, if you want to be on the show, we'll just kick Tevis off that episode. <laughs> you and I can hang out, talk about movies. How's that sound? You, me, Mel... And Tevis can just sit and spin on a stool somewhere. Upside down, of course. I would I would edit that so hard. <laughs> I don't know what that means. I don't either. <laughs> what, are you going to edit it so it sounds like we're all saying uh, vaguely uh, sexually tense things to each other? Because you wouldn't have to edit it for, if there was a room with me, Adrian Brody, and Mel Gibson, the sexual tension would ooze through people's speakers as they listen to that episode. Okay. Be a lot of baby oil in that episode. (laughs) (laughs) Ooh, is it hot in here? Ooh, my. All right. Are you ready to start? Let's do this. So, I actually do want to take a moment and appreciate this opening sequence. Because we we know it's a space, it's called Alien, right? Because we've talked about like the thing I've mentioned. I think during the thing episode, I mentioned it about Predator. How if I could go back, or if I could like make an my own edited version of that movie, and I would cut the Alien part out from the very beginning completely. Oh yeah. So so audiences don't know until they know, right? We don't need that little spoiler, right? Agreed. This is a movie called Alien. Its tagline is in space, no one can hear you scream. Like, so it's in space and we see the ship. It's very Star Wars-y. Oh yeah. But once we get past that, we get these slow traveling camera angles going through empty corridors and dimly lit hallways. And it's all got this kind of vibe that something's wrong. And why is it empty? And what is going especially when you think of space uh movies or tv or something where space is the setting and you think of like star wars or star trek and you think of just dozens or hundreds of people milling about and there's activity and there's bright light and you know and this is dark and quiet and empty and you're just going like oh man it's not scary but it's unsettling and it creates the perfect atmosphere it gives you just a spoonful taste of that atmosphere 
in what I think is the perfect way right out of the gate. I love that. I could take that ambiance and that that setting up just all day, just intravenous, intravenously, just hook it to my veins. I'm ready. Intravenously? Intra- yeah. Intravenously? That would be, no. Yeah. Uh, Anally? Yeah, either way. <laughs> Can we get the baby oil, please? <laughs> Mel. <laughs> um, no, this is a sound bite for you. <laughs> oh, no, this intro is very. It, it feels very much like we're, we're walking through a haunted house. That's a great way to put it. And yeah, I love it. I love it. And this basically this movie is a haunted house in space. Yeah, I mean, yeah, and it's just, it's such, especially, again, you talk about, like, Star Trek, the motion picture, and what, the first Star Wars came out? 77. 77, so it's Star Wars, it's Star Trek, it's Lost in Space, it's what, you know, but it's usually... Nothing's, nothing sci-fi has been done this real and gritty until obviously until this and uh, gritty yes or or even this I, I wouldn't say real i would say dark because everything is bright lights a bunch of people there's noise and there's action and there's stuff go there's activity yeah and this is just nothing and you're just going where is everybody <laughs> Like, shouldn't there be people like engineering shit or other people like walk just, you know, the extras walking around like, oh, did you hear what the captain, blah, 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 you know? And yeah, because have you have you ever seen anything about hypersleep until this? And I? Yeah. Yes. But again, I was a teenager the first time I watched Alien. Yeah. And I was not alive in 79. So hypersleep, I think, for me, was already kind of a idea. I don't remember ever seeing a movie about hyper with hypersleep mm-hmm. until alien aliens. Yeah. So that was very, very new to me. Yeah. And then, and then, so the camera does eventually pan and they're all laying there in those pods. And again, if you're not aware of the idea of hypersleep, you're still going, the hell is happening here? And then the pods start to open, and then, the, you know, you just see everybody just kind of, like, wake up. And you're like, oh, they're sleeping. Okay. Well, the first one we get introduced to is John Hurt. Right. The and doctor. Yes. Yeah. And it was like, is he the main character? Because he's the first one we get to see. And then it, like, cuts to them all at the dinner table, the breakfast table. Right. And at that point, it's it's the crew collectively. There's no main character feel or focus right and you know what i this movie does it the original evil dead does it i feel like there's even been a couple that maybe we've looked at but off the top of my head now i'm I'm spacing on names where you don't actually like when you first start the movie you're not just immediately introduced to here is your hero they will be bulletproof and protected by the plot this whole time because they are our hero Right. Right. And but alien, you're like, okay, this is just a group of people. I don't I don't know any of them or there's no spotlight on anyone. So no one has that automatic bulletproof feel. The only one I thought might had might have had 
Tom Skerritt? Yeah, exactly. Because he's so hot. Dallas. Dallas. Plus you have the, na- the name Dallas. I mean, come on. To be fair, Tom Skerritt, sexy, Dallas, good, strong name. He's the captain. The captain of the like, ship. Yeah. yeah. If, if you're like, if you're looking for like this Johnny Quest kind of, you know, um, Flash Gordon, as, you know what I mean? Like he, it's him. And you're like, okay, he's the one I'm going to attach to. Or like you said, the doctor, um, whatever his name is, he's the first one that wakes up and you're like, maybe him, you know? But honestly, we all know now our main character is Ripley, Sigourney Weaver. And she is just so quiet in the background until she isn't, right? But we are, whether it was intentional or not, I feel like it was, probably was intentional that we don't see her as our primary protagonist for a while. Oh, I 100% think that was on purpose. Yeah. But you but you get what I'm saying. Like she's not shown or or spotlighted as this is our heroine, you yeah. know. And I I think that was so Kane is the name of the character of John Hurt. Yes. The one yeah. we first meet. I think that was intentional so that his death shocks us mm-hmm. even more than more than it does. More than it does. Who? Yeah. See though, I okay. We see him first, but without knowing better, I think I'm still with Dallas. It's like what I'm anticipating to be my main character. You know what I mean? Yeah, because you always kind of follow the captain, right? Yeah, yeah, it's it's you follow the Luke, the you follow the um, not Picard, the other one, Kirk, Kirk. I spaced on Kirk, James T, Tiberius. I do like that middle name. I'm going to name my dog Tiberius. But again, you you get this like, oh, yeah, we follow him. And I think that's important, especially in 79. We follow him. Yes. Very, very male focused. Yeah. It's very male dominated. Yes. In Predator, we follow him, you know, because here comes Dutch Arnold Schwarzenegger. And you're like, that guy is literally bulletproof. Look at him, you know, but then obviously he's going to be protected by plot throughout the movie. We know this. We don't have to worry about him. But Alien doesn't give you that vibe with anybody. And the people you might get that vibe on are red herrings. So then when they do get it, you're just scratching your head going, oh, my God. I don't feel safe. Not only do I not feel safe for anyone left in this movie, I, sitting here, do not feel safe. Something is going to come out of a vent, and it's going to hug me. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to be hugged. In a very inappropriate way. Like Tom Skerritt. Yeah. We'll get there. Uh, But no, I thought this opening is so good. But then, yeah, and then everybody eats breakfast. Dinner? It's a little bit of everything. Yeah, they just woke up, so it's breakfast. Yeah, but there's like cereal, but some asshole's got like a whole plate of spaghetti, and someone's got like, it's a little bit of everything, yeah. right? Dinner? Lunch? Well, they get woke up. Who eats spaghetti for lunch? If you eat spaghetti for lunch, you're literally a psychopath. That is a dinner-exclusive food. I mean, they get woken up out of their hypersleep because they're supposed to be going home. Correct. But then they get rudely awakened. My mother. My mother, so... Mother! Whenever... Oh, God. I knew. <laughs> Blaine Danzig can kiss my... Uh, <laughs> wait, wait, you're not a Danzig man? I used to be. 
and then I got some taste. I don't want to hear who licked you. Um, the alien. With hugs. <laughs> With hugs. <laughs> the alien hugs. Um, so, yeah, they get woken up, you know, rudely out of their nice little naps. So, I mean, it wasn't they rudely. Get, they they just woke whatever up. Whatever the hell they want. Uh, that's true. That's probably all they had, too, is all just leftovers. <laughs> See, yeah. Also, I, I appreciate that their space Tupperware is the exact same <laughs> shit my aunt had in her pantry. <laughs> You're like, wait. Aunt Retha had the exact same kind. <laughs> I know that one. Their Fruit Loops are also. I'm pretty sure someone was eating Fruit Loops, but that's beside the point. Probably Parker. Now, I brought this. I, I mentioned it to my wife. I brought it up then. I brought it up when later, and we'll talk about it. We have a small, a relatively small crew running a ship. Obviously, the hypersleep chamber is one room. They all have their individual pods, but it's one room. That makes sense to me. It's a mixed gender crew. That's fine. That makes sense to me. Why is there not some kind of ship pajamas? <laughs> why Why is there not some kind of hypersleep gown that everyone wears? Like Grandpa Joe and Willy Wonka, right? Give me the hat and the and the gown. Why? We're in a mixed company and they're just like, deck out, you know, whatever. Have a good nap. I'm like, hey, I feel like my female co-workers may be slightly uncomfortable just getting down to their undies to take a nap in a room full of dudes and I don't blame them. B, I am uncomfortable getting down to my undies in front of female co-workers to take a nap. That's weird. Give me space pajamas. That's what I want. Why is everyone just like, whatever, ass hanging out, you know? Oh, you know. Sorry, Parker. My tits came out. Don't look at that. Oh, God. Dallas's, you know, shorts are pulled up too high and just the head of his dick is poking out. Like, what is this is weird to me. Like having a space onesie. Yeah. With a flap in the back so they can do their business. Well, they're in hypersleep. I don't think they do business, but. Well, yeah. But once you wake up, I'm sure you're going to have to do some business. Probably. So it'd be easy. Just I'm just saying that there should be some article of clothing that is that is you know company provided yes company provided you just answered your own question right there oh yeah wayland yutani you cheap bastards making your inner gendered ships sleep and their undies yeah that's it yeah but everyone was clearly wearing the same like like company provided white undies (laughs) that's it that's all they could afford just get a gown just get a sheet some kind of pants i don't something something this is weird i i don't like this i'm maybe maybe i'm old-fashioned maybe i'm prude but if i'm going to go on an intergalactic trip in a shared space hypersleep chamber i want pajamas (laughs) and i want everyone else in the room wearing pajamas i want Parker or whoever to be able to hide their erection in the waistband of their pants the way God intended. You just fold it up, waistband holds it down, you pull your shirt lower, and you're fine. Middle school kids, if you hear this, (laughs) dick up, waistband, pull the shirt down, you're fine. The underwear thing is weird. 
See, everyone thinks we're just a movie podcast. We give hot pro life advice. <laughs> Stay tuned for our fashion channel coming <laughs> coming next week. There should be hypersleep pajamas. We're going to call it hot PJs. <laughs> our all pajamas podcast. <laughs> Pajama advice. Are these pajamas worth your money? <laughs> I'm sorry, obviously I'm the only one this bothers, but it bothers me. And I'm going to talk about it later when we get there. Please steer us back on course, I'm just going to talk about pajamas. Or lack thereof. So Mother wakes them up to uh, answer a distress call. Now who is Mother? Mother is the computer of the ship. She runs the ship. The AI. Oh, that's right, yeah, AI. I, I feel like this was taken heavily from 2001. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Because I don't, I don't really see a whole lot of that anymore. But I'm okay with that. Oh, me too. Me too. No, I, I, and when we say that, not AI, but when like the captain or um, uh, Ash, the science officer, when someone needs to go and speak to mother, she's in a special locked chamber. They go in there, it's a bunch of weird lights and shit, and like the world's oldest computer terminal. And they just type in, you know, hello mother, what are our odds of getting home safely? And then she's like, you're fucked. And, you know, and then it's like, uh, mother, where are we in space? Wouldn't you like to know, dick? Like, it, uh, she just kind of farts out an answer on the world's oldest computer monitor. And also, she doesn't answer anything. She's useless. Yeah, she's very... Well, yeah, useless. Very yeah. vague, too. Like, yeah. Vague and useless. I feel like, hold on. Vague and useless. I feel like I have, there's an autobiography title in there somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> the life and times of Tevis. Vague, vague and, and useless. useless. <laughs> With a foreword by his mother. <laughs> All right. But no, so, so mother wakes them up because they have received a signal of an unknown origin. Also, I just glanced down at my notes for the first time and it says no space pajamas. <laughs> I forgot I wrote that. <laughs> no space pajamas. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> I told you it bothered me. So they're like, okay. So so half the crew is like, oh well, we gotta go investigate it. I feel like the other half are like, no, <laughs> just go home. Not our problem. Yeah, because Parker and uh, Harry Dean Stanton. What's his character's name? Joe Jim. Uh, I, do, do, right. Yeah, that guy. But they both argue against going. Yeah. And Dallas has to tell them, no, the company is telling us we have to do it. It's in your contract. Or you won't get your bonus. Yeah. And then Ash even spits it out word for word what it says in the contract. In the contract, yeah. And not only will they not get their bonus, if they don't answer it, they won't get paid at all. They are contractually obligated to answer any and all distress calls from a seemingly intelligent source. They should have stayed away. Well, that's why when everyone's like, help me, I'm like, not today, Xenomorph. <laughs> They're like, wait, someone saved me. I'm like, not today, Satan. And, you know, I don't help anybody. But they, some weird planet, they're only like halfway home. I mean, they are in the middle of nowhere. Not, I mean, barely chartered space, even. Like, they are 
what are do I, they make a comment, but now I can't remember exactly what they say. They're either on the the outskirts of the outer rim territory. I mean, they are. Yeah, I did recall something like that. Yeah, I mean, so they they are. They've boldly gone where no man's gone before kind of a thing. Yeah. They need to sleep for, I think, three more months or yeah. something like that, they said, to even make it home. Mm-hmm. But yeah, they're out there in the middle of nowhere going to visit something they should not be visiting. Well, they're they're a, a salvage crew. Right. They go out and they salvage old ships and whatever, but they answer this distress call on a virtually unknown planet. Yeah, we which it turns out to be later in the sequel. It's LV426 mm. is the planet name. Someone really hurt themselves. Like that. <laughs> yeah, I, know, I right? feel like sci-fi, they're like, well, it's really got to be like science fiction. It's going to be science-y. So we have to give everything just like serial numbers instead of a name. <laughs> yeah, but then they give it some names that are kind of very science fiction-y, that's almost too science fiction-y. Like the planet Zork. Like, oh, yeah. God, no. <laughs> well, it's either too fiction-y or too science-y. Yeah. <laughs> well, this is LV-427, otherwise known as Blurk. <laughs> it's, ho- it's home of the Quasix. <laughs> yeah. The Quasix of Blurk. Yeah, I don't think this movie would have been taken quite as seriously if... Fucking the, L. Ron Hubbard. The, the Zerk was on board the, the Nostromo. I believe it would have been the Blurk. The Blurk, I'm the, sorry. The Zerk is where they landed. I or no, the Quasix. The Quasix would have gotten on board because they landed on Blurk. Hold on, I'm taking down notes for an unrelated writing project I have an idea for. Oh, God. Yeah, science fiction is a... Dangerous it's territory. It's tricky. Yeah. I'm more of a Jules Verne guy myself, but. I don't know. I can't say anything. I've never read anything by him. I don't know. I, and honestly, I will. I'd also say I'm a big Michael Crichton guy, but I, honestly, I think Michael Crichton is more in the Jules Verne vein than others. Because, you know, science fiction is a broad category. And a lot of times people think space first, but it's science fiction. So, like, when Michael Crichton wrote Jurassic Park, it's all about DNA sequencing and cloning and bringing back the dinosaurs. That's science fiction, you know? Yeah. Jules Verne, 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea, that's science fiction, you know? So, okay. it's it's a broad spectrum. Yeah, that makes sense. But I feel like most people think of Zerk, you know, and the Quasix. I'm going to have to look that up. <laughs> <laughs> Quasix. Well, first, I have to figure out how to spell that. Okay. So I've, there's definitely at least two Q's in it. I'll, I'll ask Google. <laughs> hey, Siri, how do you spell Quasic? <laughs> so they go down. How anyone sees anything when they land on that planet? I very much appreciate this, the landing sequence in this. Just like how treacherous landing on another planet was is it like there's a storm raging or what we would think of as a storm this is a weird planet. this could be every day i don't know um but it takes the entire crew to work together to land on this planet Mm. it's just there's so many other space movies are like oh we'll we'll land here and it's beam me down you know yeah or beam me down beam me beam Um, me hard and then they, Beam? what do they do? They wreck the landing gear. 
Oh yeah, they they landed so hard and fast that beam. Um, they like several of the the vents got damaged, and so they had to like fix the vents so air, you know, the the exhaust and shit was pumping out right, and the landing gears needed repaired, and because because they were there, because Parker's, you know, is like you know because Dallas asked how long will it take to repair his assistant whose name I can't remember Lambert Lambert. It's like 17 hours. Parker tells him 25 hours to fix everything. So minimum, they were down there 17 to 25 hours. Okay. That's right. I remember that now. Yeah. Um, but I, I just love the fact that it takes the entire crew to, to land on a planet. Not just one guy at a computer terminal who's like, I'm the pilot. Yeah. You... And it's, it wasn't just some super quick. I've landed, Captain. Yeah, we're here. Yeah. Oh, oh, that was cool. Thanks. <laughs> but again, that goes, I feel like that goes into this darker, grittier take on a space story than what was popular at the time or what we typically saw at the time. I agree. I agree. Um, so... What was your thought on the derelict ship? Okay, so they see it and they're like, what is that? And I'm like, obviously it's a ship. Looks crazy. Yeah, it's obviously a ship. And then they go inside. They're like, where are we? I'm like, you're obviously in a ship. <laughs> now, they find the source of the beacon. And there's a huge, obviously not human, skeleton in some kind of chair that they comment has fossilized. So it's been there a long time. Space jockey. Sure? Yeah, that's what it's called. Okay. Space jockey. Well, I believe they're known as the engineers and the blah, 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 architects. What are they? Engineers. Engineers. Yeah, we're not talking about Prometheus. Man, that movie sucks. It was not good. So at that point, though, do you go, okay, we found the source. It's super old. And it's not human. There's nothing to worry about here. Let's just go home. Don't have to dick with this. Right? Or, like, make a detailed report to submit to let a crew that's trained and equipped for this kind of thing, not just a random salvage team. Like, I, hey, that's not a human. I'm out. <laughs> I am not hired for alien nonsense. Well, I feel like even if they did make a report, Waylon Yutani would be like, you guys are right there. Just take care of it. Go explore more. Well, yeah, but obviously they wouldn't have been able to submit the report till after they got home. I'd have been like, oh, <laughs> I spilled my soda on the computer. You're doing the whole, the check is in the mail. The, check, <laughs> the report is, I hit the send button. There's you didn't some, get it? <laughs> did you check your spam folder? Refresh it. <laughs> Re hit F5. Re F5. I, hit refresh. Yeah, F5. One more I'm time. I'm telling you I sent it. No, I wouldn't send shit till I got home. Come on, I'm not an idiot. <laughs> your report, your, your email is W-E-A- <laughs> Oh, there's a Y. Son of a bitch. Hold on. Oh, man, I've got the wrong letterhead. Let me retype this. It's going to take a while. Um, so obviously, I'm not going to send a report while I'm near it. <laughs> but Dallas is a company man. 
Unfortunately, yeah. So he's going to do what the company says. Okay. So let's decide. I'm Dallas, obviously. You're Kane. Am I? Oh, okay. I'm Kane. I thought it was going to be Lambert for a minute, but whatever. No. In this scenario, because you have to be on the ship. Okay. We are on the ship. Sarah's not on the ship. Yes, he is. No, it's Kane, Lambert, and Dallas exploring. That's what I'm talking. The ship. Oh, that ship. They're exploring the ship. There's two ships. (laughs) The one we're talking about with the shit and the signal and the fossilized not human. Space jockey ship. Stop saying space jockey. It makes me uncomfortable. It seems racial. (laughs) What? It seems like a racial term. (laughs) I don't like space jockey. Someday, a thousand years from now, they're like, ugh, space jockey. And grandma, you can't say that anymore. <laughs> it's 3024. What are you doing? You can't say space jockey. Right? And as, as people listen to old archived clips of ticket price, because this show will endure a thousand years. Yes. Yes. So, no, we, I'm okay, Kane. I'm, no, I'm Kane. I'm Dallas. You're, you're Dallas. Kane. Sarah can be Lambert. Okay. <laughs> right? We need a third. She was on the show once, and we've already picked on her. So, she's there. The three of us are on the alien ship. Okay. We see the, we find the distress signal. It's an alien ship. There's a fossilized alien. But, damn it, we're company people. And we're going to keep exploring, because this is a rare find. I hook you with my bat belt thing. And you go down that shaft into a large chamber. And you're like, there's some kind of weird fog. It force fielded around these weird leathery sacks. And then you go down and you're like, they look like egg pods. And you shine a flashlight and you clearly see something move inside the pod. At that point, do you not go, get me the hell out of here? Well, yes, that would have been my take on it. But I think in the movie's defense, when he saw the thing moving in the egg, then it was supposed to happen so quickly. Oh, no, because he's like, what's this? And like leans in and then it's the, the egg pod slowly opens, which is super creepy and it looks fantastic. Oh, yeah. And then he's like, what's in here? And gets like face down into it. You know, <laughs> look. If yeah, you're, if, if you're Kane, I'm a dumbass. If you're watering your yard or something, and your hose stops working, don't look directly into it. If your gun jams, don't look down the barrel. If you are on an alien ship and an egg pod opens, do not put your face in the opening. There are certain things you just don't put your face in: gun barrels, kinked hoses, alien egg pods. Maybe he thought, "I'm in this spacesuit." The Glass will protect me from anything that jumps out. And he's a moron. We know that, but he didn't. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, he's one of those people who doesn't realize he's he's a moron that thinks he's not a moron. You're like, oh, God. At least have the the self-awareness to know you're an idiot like we do. So I'm going to have to defend King. He's a scientist, too, so he's very curious. He thought he was protected. Yeah, but at a certain point, you're like, shit's moving. <laughs> shit's moving down here. I agree. I mean, it was a creepy looking area. I wouldn't have went down in there. If Dallas would have been like, hey, you, you got to roll. I'm like, no. No, okay. you go down. 
let's say I'm Kane. We're going to switch. I'm Kane. Okay. I'm a, I'm a doctor. I'm a scientist. I want to see this. It's part of my job. I'm curious. Scared the shit out of me. Turn your phone off. Okay. I'm going to, I'm going to like rappel down. I'm going to look at things. Oh, okay. This is weird. Oh shit. That's moving. Uh, uh, oh shit. That opened. <laughs> Like, no, there's a certain tugging on your rope. I'm tugging that rope so hard. I'm going to pull you and Sarah down with me and we're all screwed. Right. Which honestly would have ended up better for the rest of the crew if that had happened. Yeah. Well, Ripley was always the voice of reason, which is why everyone ignored her. Yes. She's the one who said this is not a distress signal. This is a warning. It's something else. Yeah. yeah. She specifically says it says something like this is a uh, stay away. Stay away. Or yeah. There's something. danger here. St- you know, something. And Ash is like, oh, well, you know, they'll figure that out. And yeah, because you have to walk all the way there. And by the time you get there, they're already know. They're already going to know. Yeah. But then they bring Kane back to the ship and he has the face hugger. It has melted through his visor. And is latched on to him. Yeah. And and Dallas and Lambert drag his ass back. And they're like, Ripley, open the doors. We've got to get Kane to Med Bay, she says. What's wrong with him? He's like, fucking things attached to his face. And she's like, sucks to suck, 24-hour quarantine. And they're like, no, this is a direct order. And she goes, no, you and Kane are outside. I'm acting officer. I'm third in command. I'm in charge of the ship right now. There's a 24-hour mandatory quarantine. Chill out. We'll wait. And that's when Ash yep. opens the door anyway. Overrides overrides Ripley. Yep. And we know why now, but... It's like it was a direct order, and, you know... Yeah. He always has some kind of smarmy answer for everything. And you're like, I don't trust you. You're so smarmy. Which is funny. I didn't know androids could be smarmy. Was he not? He always no, no, has he some was. kind of smarmy answer. And you're like, yeah. He's always hiding something. Like or... when, pa- when Parker was like, how is this our problem? Well, if you want to get paid or if you don't, no money. And you're like, uh, you little smarmy bitch. Like, yeah. ugh. I don't like you, right? And he's like, I was following a direct order. I'm like, I have, I didn't catch what he said until this latest watch through that I've, that I watched, but I I never noticed it before in the previous handful of times I've watched this. When they're referring to the actual creature that comes out of Cain, they call, he calls it Cain's son. Like the alien, the creature that bursts out of his chest. Yeah. Oh my God, you're right. I remember, I didn't, it didn't dawn on me till just now. Yeah. Yeah. And I, cause I, he said it and I'm like, wait a minute, what did he say? And I had to rewind it. What did he it. just say? Like, yeah. Did he really just call it Kane's son? Like you cold bastard. Yeah. But yeah. And I don't remember what part, I mean, that might've been when they were getting ready to go up into the vents and hunt it down. Yeah. They had the net, they made the, the cattle prod for lack of yeah. a better term yeah but he, he does he calls it Kane's son like Ugh. grief so smarmy <laughs> why are you so smarmy android all right so but i anyway kane face huggers on all 
safety and security protocols have been ignored and the creature is on the ship. They bring Kane to the med bay. They're trying to get get it off him. That's when they discover the acid blood. That is so cool. They uncover that it has some kind of tube or some kind of organ down Kane's throat, feeding him oxygen, keeping him alive. And I paid. I noticed this. I feel like this was really the first time it, it really dawned on me. Did you see how Kane was breathing? It was very deep and exaggerated. And it looked very mechanical. Not like it was fake, but like... Like it was being forced? Yeah, like like he was on... Uh, oh, like a ventilator? Like a ventilator. It's His whole torso would expand with, with oxygen, and then it would fully decompress. And then it would expand. You know, it wasn't just like a normal breath. It was... <gasps> you know, I didn't pay any attention to that. Yeah, every breath is this huge, deep thing. I kept, I kept watching the... Uh the sacks on the side of that face hugger expand and yeah. contract. And then the tail every once in a while would tighten around its neck. Not every once in a while, every time the rest of the crew touched it, and I, it, I tightened, love that. it tightened its grip on Kane. I love that detail. That was so cool. Like if they did anything to remove it, it would minimum kill Kane. Oh yeah. Easily. But he was screwed anyway, <laughs> which we would have known if they had just quarantined his ass. Cause I think the chest burster would have happened. Within that 24-hour quarantine. Yeah, because they were still... They were still planet-side yeah. when that happened. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I think it would have happened. Anyway, so they're, so so Ash has, has Kane in medbay trying to figure out what this thing is and how to remove it. While the rest of the crew is figuring out what to do, repairing the ship, etc. You, you did kind of mention it, but I just want to say how kick ass of a defense mechanism it is to have acid for blood because <laughs> you do not dare kill that thing well even it, how how do you so that he gets a, basically a surgical like plasma cutter right it's a it's a plasma bladed scalpel essentially yeah so instead of a instead of a knife blade instead of a scalpel blade it's an arc of plasma energy that's just going to cut through they're going to try to get this thing off Kane's face and he's like, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to cut this finger off of the face hugger right here below this knuckle so we can remove it and try to, you know, take this thing off. And as soon as that energy, the energy blade touches off, it spurts this ooze because it's more of an ooze than what we would think of right. as blood. And then it just burns. And, and Dallas is like, that crap's going to eat through the hull. And they follow it down a bunch of decks. <laughs> it does eventually fizzle out. Yeah. But it's like, okay, can't remove that. <laughs> can't do that. But there's also a line. It's really quick. There's a lot of talking going on. Going on. There's a lot of action going on. And I think I've missed it several times when I caught it this last time for sure. I think it's even before they try to cut the finger off and they discover the acid blood. They're trying to pull those fingers off. The tail tightens around Kane's neck. But while this is all happening, almost in the background, uh, Dallas comments, it's tearing his scalp off. I don't think I ever caught that. The fingers of the face hugger have such a grip that if they tried to forcefully pull them off, it would tear off all of the flesh and the meat. That it's attached to. So it would scalp and literally tear the face off Kane if they 
pulled it, which is why they went to cutting it, which is, was then acid blood. So you mentioned like Ash calls uh, the chest burster Kane's son. They make a comment. You can't just pull it because then it's like, well, what if you just like, even if you got the tail unwound from Kane's neck, yeah. if you tried still... to pull the face hugger off, you would still essentially kill Kane because you would tear off his face and scalp. And if he didn't die, he would want to be dead. (laughs) That is creepy as hell. Yeah, I don't think I caught that at all. Yeah, because you don't even see. I think you see the back of Dallas's head. Like, you don't see anyone's face because everyone's working on Kane in the moment. It's very frantic. But Dallas says the line, it's tearing his scalp off. Nice. And I was like, oh, good Lord. (laughs) Straight brutal. He's got a thing down his throat, thing on his face, thing around his neck. Yeah. The dude's screwed. Oh, yeah. He's screwed. Yeah. And at that point, it's like, what do we do with him? Airlock. Fuck. <laughs> Maybe I'm cold hearted. I don't know. I'm just like, nah. See you well, later. Wasn't it Parker who suggested putting him in hypersleep? Yeah. Oh, no. Cryo state. They were going to freeze him. That's right. That's yeah. Right. He said, put him in cryo. Freeze him. We'll deal with it. Planets. We'll deal with it at Earth. And Ash doesn't. And Dallas doesn't. Dallas doesn't even order it. Which but- I'm surprised Ash didn't agree with that. Because that was his whole goal was to get that thing preservation of the specimen yeah but i think so ash as an android i think saw an opportunity to gather data about the creature as it as they travel home because i think i think somewhere in his mechanical mind he's thinking just that this is a creature that's going to hunt. It's going to feed. I'm an object, right? Like I'm not meat and blood. Um, it would view me no different than like that chair. Yeah. So whatever, I can just watch it do its thing and learn about it and then submit that to the company and bring the specimen home. I think it, I, that's why I think it, why I think he didn't freeze it. Okay. That makes sense. That makes sense. As the life of the crew didn't matter. Even mother said so. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, they mentioned that in the in the email. Yeah. <laughs> when when mother just farts out whatever her answer is on that old computer screen. The crew, uh, you know, expendable. Oh, lovely. Thanks, mom. <laughs> so they're fixing the ship, and then that's when Ash calls. You know, Dallas, come check on Kane. What's wrong? Well, it's easier if you just come see for yourself. They show up and Kane's just up and about. They can't find the face hugger, though. And he's just like, what happened? That was weird. When do they go looking for it? Because they do go looking for it. Well, they do end up like going into the room. Oh, that's right. They do find it because they go into the med bay to find it. And Sigourney Ripley, uh-huh. like, checks an overhead cabinet, and it falls on her shoulder. Yeah. She freaks out. That was rightly one, of the, so. one of the parts that made me jump. But it's dead. Yeah. And they're like, okay, it's dead. So we'll just... And that's when, like, Ash is able to autopsy it and experiment more, and Kane seems fine. And everyone's pretty cool with that answer. Even though there's no explanation as to why it's dead or why he's fine. Yeah. Everyone just really accepts that. Like, ah, well, that's cool. Let's go eat. 
Yeah. And so then they have, because they're about to re-enter hypersleep and go home, so they have another big feast. And uh, uh, Kane gets some real bad indigestion. He had some bad Fruit Loops. <laughs> well, it's what he gets for his goddamn lunch spaghetti, like a psychopath. I still love this scene. It The alien is a little janky looking. When it comes up out of his chest, it's a little stiff. And, yeah. But it's still, and definitely when it's running across the table. <laughs> Pumping on a string. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, Ugh. You ever seen Spaceballs? Oh, yeah. The part that they they spoofed on it, yeah. Where he's hello, my baby, hello, my, uh, yeah. He does the song and dance yeah. across the table, yeah. Every, I, I still think of that every time I see so do I. the actual <laughs> alien movie. Check, please. Yeah, <laughs> but it it's still a cool scene, even for the janky effects. And they, I'm, I know they were not janky back then, but by today's standards, they are. Yeah, but by today's standards, they would have done it all CGI, and there's a, just as equal a chance it still would be janky, just in a different way. Yeah, yeah, you're you're more than likely right. Now, but we're talking about the alien itself. Let's talk about the the moments leading up to that, when all of a sudden Kane starts coughing and convulsing, and they're like, "What's wrong?" And he starts screaming, and he hits the table, and he's writhing, and they're trying to hold him, and then his chest is just like. How do lurch his sternum lurches out and then like pops back in and you're like what the fuck and then lurch and then you're like what is that blood starts like spattering out and then it finally erupts and everyone's just covered and everyone's screaming as this thing comes out like say what you will about the how the alien looked tell me your thoughts on what we'll call Kane's death the the literal chest bursting scene. Cause that looks fantastic. <laughs> Everything about that part from his acting to their reactions to the, the blood spraying all over Lambert and her freaking out. It's fantastic. I, it's couldn't be, couldn't be topped. If they made a remake of alien, they would no. They wouldn't, it wouldn't look to, as good. They wouldn't be able to pull it off nearly as well. Now you know the old story about why everyone's reaction was so amazing. They do. Yeah, they didn't realize they were going to get sprayed with blood. Well, I don't think. I I think they were just told the alien comes out of Kane, like it bursts out. It it comes out of his chest, and yeah. we're like, oh, okay, yeah, we'll be ready, no problem. But Kane was the only actor, I believe who had any foreknowledge as to how intense it was mapped out and planned to be about the, 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 the prosthetic or whatever on his chest pumping in and, you know, up and in and the blood spray. And so no one knew what was coming and then it just happened. So everyone has these super authentic reactions. Cause they're like, what the fuck is going on? Oh my God. And poor Lambert is just soaked. Yeah, she she got it full full face. Just Sorry, Sarah. Blam. Because <laughs> yeah. Sarah's Lambert, right? That's right. Yeah, she's Lambert. Oh, you died. And I'm done. I'm out. But I love like Parker. He's right there. He's trying to help. You know, trying to shove a spoon in his mouth to keep him from. Yeah, because they, they think he's having a seizure. Yeah. 
Um, and Ash is just kind of watching weirdly. Yeah. Now he's given direction, like put something in his mouth so he doesn't bite his tongue. But he's compared to everyone else, he's distant. Very. And in this moment, pretty calm too. Just yeah. Kind of. Which makes me wonder if if Ian Holm was aware of what was going to happen. Probably. So, so he, as an android calculating and watching and documenting, wouldn't be shocked and surprised. You know what I mean? Like he yeah. could maintain that cold distance as an actor. Yeah, because you wouldn't want him to be like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because then it's like, wait a minute. Yeah. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> you don't want your Android to go, oh my God. <laughs> yeah. The data from uh, Star Trek Next Generation would have been a whole lot different if he'd have been like, what the fuck, Captain? <laughs> <laughs> if Data was like, hold on, Captain, calculate. Holy shit. Oh, oh my God. Oh, oh, I have to go lay down. <laughs> you know, yeah, it would yeah. Be, <laughs> be totally different. Mr. Data, get back here. Oh, I'm fucking taking 15. Oh. You know what? We need Android characters who are programmed to just freak out. Where the, where's their freak out protocol? <laughs> That's what we need more of. Oh, shit. <laughs> it tripped all of his freak out protocols. He's going to be useless for the next 45 to 75 minutes. Do the math yourself. All his warning lights are going off. <laughs> it looks like my car's dashboard. Just <laughs> <laughs> lights. I don't know what they mean. They're just flashing at me. Oh, fuck. I'm pretty sure some of it's in a language that isn't English. I don't know what the. I, it's just like hieroglyphics. I don't. I think, I think that's how they summoned out of the Necronomicon. It was just a bunch of car dashboard icons. But, okay, <laughs> we now have the chest burster. It's out running around. Now the crew's like, okay, we got to find it. They make weapons. They're trying to chase it, hunt it down. And um, Brett is that guy's name. I found it in my notes. Brett. Dean Stanton, yeah, yeah, is Brett. Brett. Okay. Um, because Lambert, or no, Ash rigs up the motion tracker. Which in of itself has become iconic, especially oh, yes. if you have played or watched the Alien Isolation game, which is very, very good, and I highly recommend it. Couldn't do it. What do you mean you couldn't do Scared it? Scared the shit out of me no! too much. <laughs> oh, oh, all right. I'm, you know what? I'm going to just throw this out now. As soon as we get to 25... Patreon subscribers. We will make Tevis play Alien Isolation. We will all get together. We'll set up a Twitch stream or something. And we will all just get together and watch you play Alien Isolation. Once we get to 50, we will make you play the original Outlast. Oh, yeah. No. Oh, yeah. 50, 50 Patreon subscribers. You're playing Outlast. If okay, I have here, to bring here. a gun. <laughs> I, I, have a, I have a better option. 25, we play Alien Isolation. Yeah. No, you play it. I've played I mean. it. Yeah. At 50. Outlast. I play Alien Isolation 
dressed as if I'm going into hypersleep. No one wants to see that <laughs> because there's no pajamas. Everyone's going to be like, there's Tevis, you know, his Schwitz is hanging out. I'm going to be sitting next to you on a couch. That's not how I see my night going. No, 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 no. 25 will do alien isolation. <laughs> 50 will do Outlast. If we reach 100 Patreon subscribers, we will do a community watch along of Gremlins. I will sit down and force myself to watch Gremlins with you and all of our Patreon fans. So there we are, folks. I'm, if, I'm up. I'm up for it. Uh, now you're in. Yeah, See, now I, I'm in. I knew if I, if I dangled enough carrot at the end, you would do it. I've been trying to dangle carrot at 50. I don't want to hear about your dangling carrot. <laughs> that was my problem. It's just like, oh, there's just, oh, Brett's dick's out again, <laughs> Brett. I don't want to see your dick all the time. Put your pajamas on. Oh, wait, we don't have pajamas. Poor Sigourney Weaver got no butt. You know, her underwear is basically falling off of her because she got no butt to hold it up. And every single co-worker she has is going to be is going to be aware of that fact. And they know exactly what her butt looks like. If I was Sigourney Weaver or Ripley, I wouldn't want my co-workers to know that. And if not Ripley, I don't want to know that information about my co-workers. I'm good with my co-workers being my co-workers and my friends being my friends and my wife is my wife. And there's so many spheres, social spheres that do not need to overlap. I have sexual thoughts about my wife. I do not want or need to have sexual thoughts about my friends or co-workers. You know what helps me not have sexual thoughts about friends or co-workers? Not seeing you naked. <laughs> Although seeing you naked would help would help me more not have sexual thoughts. <laughs> Thanks for throwing that out. There. Yeah, you're welcome. That's, so that's although that does that does allude to the fact that I do have some sexual thoughts. <laughs> I mean, I'm only human. Yeah, I we mean, sit we sit five feet apart every day. You can call me Mel. <laughs> well, let's not overdo it. I'll grow my hair out. Call you Tom. <laughs> call you eyebrows. <laughs> Okay, where are we at? So they are looking for the chest burster. They split up, because obviously they split up. They find the cat first. They got the motion tracker. They find the cat. And they're like, God damn it. We, you know, they, they were going to capture it and like shock the shit out of it. Brett lets it Brett go. Brett lets it go. And they're right. like, don't let go, don't let go. He's like, guys, 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 it's the cat. They're like, oh shit. And they all laugh. And they're like, shit, we shouldn't have let it go. Brett, go find the fucking cat. So we don't find it. We don't pick it up on the motion tracker again. They know they're hunting an alien and they, they send Brett off alone. <laughs> but yeah, but they, at this point, they don't know what it is yet. Like how big it is. Yeah, they think it's just a small little the size of a cat. Yeah, about the size of a house cat. Yeah. yeah. But that's when Brett goes into that. He goes into he goes into the Cenobite chain room. <laughs> I was getting ready to ask why. Why was there so many chains hanging? Uh, in this room, and where is that water coming from? That splashes all over his face, and he's like, "I'm like, it's almost like uh, engine condensation." That, or there's a problem with their toilets. <laughs> well, I hope not, because he like gets under it, like like puts it in his mouth, and he's like cooling yeah. off with it. So I hope it's not sewage water. That, but he's just bathing in it, yeah. and I'm like. Dude, no, you... it's clearly some kind of condensation. Okay. Because that room's real steamy, but why is there just a bunch of nondescript hanging chains and 
Yeah. It's the Cenobite room. It is the Cenobite room. It's the Cenobite room. That's where all the weird torture sex happens. <laughs> Which is basically this movie. Um, what? Wait. The, if you go by the references. Parker makes a few rather lewd comments to Lambert, if I recall. Something about, well, I'd much rather be eating something else. <laughs> and I'm like, ugh, don't. Yeah, he, a couple of times he says some things. I'm like, that's eh, a little forced. Like, stop yeah. being that guy. But no, I'm talking about like just the the overall violation. Like the face hugger? The face hugger of the alien itself, the way. Because it, it's got the penis mouth. That, yeah. And it always has to penetrate you. And I read an article about the writing of this movie it was about um they were trying to figure out a way to get the alien on board the ship without the characters seeming stupid yeah they failed but yeah (laughs) well kind of um but they said one of the writers said the only way that's going to work is the creature has to have sex with one of the Basically, is what yeah. happens. It's basically what happens. Yeah. Um, the crotch hugger. The yeah. He's the uh, the mouth impregnator. Um, I don't like that phrase. <laughs> <laughs> but this movie's full of things like this. Yeah. And I, the more I watch it, the more I I notice small little things, and more disturbed by it. I I got. Yeah. Even with. The android, when he tries to take out Ripley, you know, he rolls that newspaper up. Oh, yeah. Like a phallic and tries to shove it down her throat. Also, how how is that killing her? How would that? I think he's just trying to choke her. Because I think he's just trying to shove it down her throat and choke her. Yeah, but it's clearly just like on her face. I'm like, she can clearly just breathe through her nose. I don't know. And Yeah, but I know how a respiratory system works. Yeah, but I'm just saying, I think that's his way. And he might not even be trying to kill her. He's might I don't know. It it was weird. Oh, he was trying to kill her. But it was just weird. Yeah. And a lot of mouth stuff. A lot of mouth <laughs> stuff. And you know, he's spewing the white stuff from his veins because he got beat to death. Or we got, you know, he hit his head or whatever. So it's very very sexualized. Oh, it's just, <laughs> wait, the, even that sexualized? It can't yeah. just be like, that's just like. Nope. That's, and I read in the article that's they were talking about all of that. Oh, really? Yeah. They were like, yeah, it's going to be like semen. Yeah. It's almost like you want the, the male audience to feel uncomfortable watching this. Fair enough. It's like the new Star Wars movies they're working on. I felt uncomfortable after watching Rise of Skywalker. Hey, zombie Palpatine is not the worst thing we've seen in Star Wars. That's true. That is true. Yippee! So, George Lucas is writing. What are we talking about? We're talking about aliens. We're talking about Brett. We're talking about penises. Yeah. Alien penis. So, Brett got a shower in the Cinnabite room. Now, I do want to point out, he finds essentially a snake skin. Yes. Doesn't think to mention this to anybody? I don't think he gets a chance. Well, he's like, what the hell is this? I'm going to take my shower now. Um, <laughs> showering, showering. And then from the darkness, from the chains, lowers the fully formed human size xenomorph. 
And Brett sees it and he's like just in shock almost of like, what am I looking at? I guess even the head of it has a plump, curved phallic shape. Phallic shape. Yeah. Yep. Have you ever, have you ever no seen a whole lot it. of HR? I've figures? seen phallics, yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what we're talking that, about. That, I don't know what that has I don't know what this has to do with my personal life. That one time when I was in the locker room. <laughs> no, have you ever seen a whole lot of H.R. Giger's artwork? No. Because he his artwork was inspiration for the alien. Oh, okay. Um, his stuff is very penis. Very, very penis, very vagina, very sexual. Very sexual. And it, it looks cool. Some of it looks really cool. But I mean, vaginas can look cool. I mean, (laughs) (laughs) but even when they operate on the face hugger, it's like, yeah, it's, uh, hello. Yeah. It's very, if you showed that on YouTube, you would have to put a sensor over it. (laughs) It looks like one of the more graphic centerfold pictures of a hustler. (laughs) It looks like that magazine that the guy was looking at in Halloween in the toilet. Skank. Skank. <laughs> yeah, you're not wrong. I I had that thought too, and I thought I was just being immature. <laughs> oh, about the face hugger? Yeah. Oh no, no. You I looked at him like, God, damn, this face hugger looks a lot like just a full no. splayed vagina, but maybe I'm just being a child. No, that was intentional. Damn it! Every time I I'm I think I am. Oh, self-aware enough that I, I'm seeing and realizing my own immaturity. Come to find out, no, it's intentional. I'm like, oh, I'm not being immature. No. no. Well, did you think I was joking when I said that this movie was full of sexual references? And I didn't realize how far it was going to go. Oh yeah, it was. I thought we were talking about Parker mostly. <laughs> no, I wish no. I was eating something else. No, yeah, Parker's mild. <laughs> Here's the thing. To some of it. You know what? Never mind. I'm not even going to touch. Never mind. I, I, re- <laughs> I haven't even said anything. I retracted. I nobody wants to hear this conversation. So Brett's dead. Brett's gone. <laughs> checks notes. Brett's gone. That's in my notes. Brett's gone. <laughs> Mine says Brett finds skin of the alien bites it and that makes it is sound there, like wait is there a comma in there <laughs> i really hope there's a comma in there or a period even yeah there's a period okay but it's, yeah definitely <laughs> he so. finds the skin alien skin and bites it He's like, <laughs> he looks like the type of guy who would save chicken skin fried chicken skin and then save it for later what? I don't know. Wait, what do you, why are you, A, what does any of that mean? And B, why are you coming at Brett like this? He's not very hygienic. Rude. He took a shower right before he died. We watched him do it. All right. So now they're, they figured that they're like, oh shit, Brett's dead. Everyone reconvenes. And they're like, okay, whatever it is, it's not a house cat anymore. It was the size of a fucking person, and it ate his brain. (laughs) Right? Because it's all drooly, and then there's the second mouth inside the first mouth that punches through the forehead and nom-noms the brain, right? More or less. Kind of, yeah. More or less. Yeah. I'm sorry, what did did he nom-nom on? That's what I said, yeah, you're right. Oh, you were like, kind (laughs) of. Brain. Nom-nom this entire ass. (laughs) You can nom-nom on. (laughs) Nom-nom, nom-nom, nom. So, and we're like, okay, they figure out it's traveling through the vent system. 
they're like, okay, we'll make a flamethrower. I also shout out to the second movie we have that fights aliens with flamethrowers. Wait, what weapons did they use in Avatar? Did someone have a flamethrower? Tell me someone had a flamethrower, then we can have three alien they, they movies. They Michelle Rodriguez. She didn't fight shit. She just died. He just threw her at him. <laughs> Woman. <laughs> I'm glad I said that right as you were taking a drink. For everyone that can't see what's going on, Tevis is now doubled over trying not to die as he chokes on his water. I am giving fantastic play-by-play in the moment. In the moment as he's just struggling to laugh and breathe and not die. Oh, God. I felt like Kane. <laughs> you look like Kane. Oh, oh, my God. Normally, you look like Brett. <laughs> woman. Just a woman. <laughs> Hold on, sir. Something, they're attacking us. Woman. Ah! I've seen her acting in Fast and the Furious. Get her away from me. Yeah, you didn't have to add the Fast and the Furious part on there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, like, it's egregious. Yeah. You know what, though? Her, I thought her... Uh, acting Resident Evil was fine. She was in Resident Evil? Yeah, the original. She doesn't make it. She zombifies. Wow, I did not know that she was in that. <laughs> God damn it, now I can't think of the uh, the actor's name where it's like he dies in every single movie in every single role. Um, Sean Bean? Sean Bean. Yeah. Seen Bean? <laughs> you, can't have, you can't be Sean and then Bean. They're both spelled the same. <laughs> scene bean <laughs> I get where you're at so scene bean it's Sean she, Bond she's <laughs> Sean Bond that's it so Michelle Rodriguez is the female Sean Bond <laughs> she dies in everything she's in Good old Sean Bond. <laughs> oh my god, we're so stupid. <laughs> oh, someone in the comments, let me know if Avatar has a flamethrower so we can be three for three. Aliens hate flamethrowers. Good morning, everybody. <laughs> Oh, shit. Okay, where are we at? Oh, yeah, they make a flamethrower. They make a flamethrower. So they're like, Dallas, we got we to gotta send you with our giant shitty motion tracker and a flamethrower into the vents, into the duct system of the ship to flush it out. Well, Ripley volunteers to go. She says she's going to go. Yeah. And, and then he, Dallas is like. And Dallas is like, you're a woman. Yeah. <laughs> like, he does. He, yeah. he, he pulls, like. He pulls rank. Not even. He pulls gender. That's true. Because he, he does, he's like, nope, I'm the captain, this is my responsibility. But there's definitely this undertone of, like, damsel, knight, kind of kind of interplay. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. like you're, you're the damsel in distress, not that you're in distress, but, you know, he, he, as the man and the captain, needs to step up for this. There's a bit of gender play here, or at least I, I thought there was. Do you think he would have, how do you think he would have handled himself if he would have sent her in and she would have died? Poorly. 
Yeah, I do too. Yeah, but okay. How do you think Ripley would have handled if she had given the order? Right? There's there's a different dynamic here. Because I don't think Ripley would have handled it well if she had if she had given an order that led to someone's death. Yeah, but I think that's why. I think that's why Dallas steps up and is like, "No, this is my ship. I'm the captain. I can't order someone to. I yeah." I gotta do it. Yeah, I can't. I can't order somebody to do this because if something bad happens, then what's that make me? Yeah, you know. Yeah. Now I do think he would have done better overall in his situation if Lambert had just been screaming in his ear the whole time. <laughs> He's right up top of you, Dad. Dad. Shut up! I'm trying to think. He's like, he can't hear it breathe. It's right behind him, and he's like, it's like, and he's like, I can't hear shit because Lambert's in my ear. Dallas, it's right on top of you, Dallas. Shut up! I'm the type of person in high stressful situations. I will tell someone to shut the fuck up. I don't like, like. As, especially as far as like anxiety and and things that irritate me or things I, I lose patience for rapidly. Like I'm really sensitive to sound. So if I'm already in a tense situation and someone is just care, I'm like, get the fuck out of here until I figure out what to do. Get away from me because I cannot handle this and you. Well, well, Dallas is definitely not that. We don't know that because <laughs> he was just like, God damn, what are you saying? Where is it? You've got the thing. Help me out. And she's like, I don't know. <laughs> right? Lambert is the worst. She did a really good job. At what? Screaming. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I would like to say her screaming got herself, Parker, and Dallas killed. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. We're not to the other two yet. So Dallas is crawling around the vents, and the, that motion tracker sucks anyway. But ultimately, you know, the classic, he's they're like, it's right on top of you. What are you doing? And, you know, you defend yourself. You, you It's there. And he turns around or whatever. And the alien jumps out at him and gets him. But it turns around, and it's fully illuminated by Dallas's flashlight. And it's just like mouth open, arms outstretched in front of it, like surprise. That part has always made me laugh. I know it's supposed to be scary, but it's just. <laughs> but it's just like the weirdest pose of he's just like catch me. Like, I don't know. I don't know what this pose is. Like he's just. You know, looking forward, mouth open, his arms are outstretched, his hands are like, ha ha, I have freed the doves. You know, I don't know how to describe this pose to people who have never seen it, but it's, it every single time is the funniest thing to me. He's just like, happy birthday. And they're like, oh, Dallas is dead. And I'm like, is he? I don't, he got some, that's that surprise hug. Oh, the buildup in this scene is outstanding 
oh my god he's crawling around ducks they go forward backward left right up down like he's at these these junctions and you're like oh jesus this thing could be anywhere and you've got the beeping of the motion tracker you've got lambert doing one of the worthless shit she's doing Dallas! and and he just and it's lit up by like the flamethrower and he's just doing little spurts here and there to make sure nothing's like there and they're sealing off the vents as he passes junctions so he's already in a confined claustrophobic space that is then also somehow getting even smaller as the vent gates close right i'm like oh my god it's fantastic Happy birthday. birthday. And then, yeah, happy birthday. That You're not wrong. That pose has always been kind of, that reveal even, has always been kind of, eh. Yeah. But it still gets me. Oh, the scene is great. Yeah. So it's kind of, I would say it's exactly like the chest bursting scene. The buildup and the tension and everything that's leading up to the reveal is perfect legitimately perfect i agree and then the alien's a little janky (laughs) and then then the alien's a little wonky in it but it is what it is it's fine but no that that one does make me laugh though but yeah dallas gets it in the vents and they're like that's it fuck everything (laughs) we're we're uh but ripley okay with dallas gone and with kane gone ripley is once again acting captain of the ship but she's no longer acting captain because the other two commanding officers are dead so she's just captain she now. is yeah she's next in line like all uh high-ranking corporate positions the only way to achieve it is by murdering your boss that's why i've never ranked up it's because you're a coward and you're afraid to do what you've got to do damn it i am comfortably in middle management do you know how i got there <laughs> just gotta take him out <laughs> I'm like, hey, there's something wrong with the vending machine in the break room. You want to help me take a look at it? Oh, God, it fell. Oh, my God. Horrible vending machine accident. Happy birthday. <laughs> right? And boom, I got that's where I'm at. So Ripley goes to mother. And she's like, I'm fucking captain. You were going to tell me everything that's going on. Because at this point, Dallas and Ash are the only ones who know anything. Because it's it, all the information given by mother has been for their eyes only. Right. And so they're like, what is this about? And that's where Ripley finds out. Crew is expendable. Bring specimen back. Blah, blah, blah. And then Ash shows up. He's just there. He's like, yeah, it's pretty up. And she's like, what the shit? How did you get in here? This is a locked room with one door. He's, he's almost, he gives her, he gives her like a creepy smile, a yeah. creepy look. It's like, ah, yeah, see? He's <laughs> relishing this reveal. Yeah. Mother hates you. Yeah. <laughs> Mother loves me. <laughs> Steven? From yeah. Brain- <laughs> the lo- father says he can get me through this, but he's pretty sure <laughs> you're fucked. <laughs> uh, that was a Braveheart reference, by the way, if you didn't know. Uh-huh. If you didn't know out there, that was a Braveheart reference. Everyone knows. Yes, they should. Because they've either seen Braveheart or 100% have listened to our answer. God, what? Damn it. I'm popular tonight. Turn your phone volume off. Damn it. Is it the blood drive? <laughs> no. No. It was uh, 
So, uh, Ash essentially is like, all right, I have to take Ripley out now. She knows too much. So he starts kind of attacking her. She starts running and I've got it in here. So like the, he hasn't really attacked her yet. She's running down the hallway though. And she has a, her nose is bleeding. And I, I remember I wrote my notes. I'm like, why is her nose bleeding? What happened? Did I miss something? Was that after, after he threw her across the room? Oh, maybe. Yeah. That might be it. She, he does. He throws her across the room a couple times. Yeah. But he catches up to her, and that's when he, like, holds her down and has the newspaper, and is, like, trying to, like, suffocate her with... I, it's weird, and I don't... It doesn't make me uncomfortable as a man. It just makes me confused, because I don't know how that works. But that's when Parker and Lambert show up, and Parker starts trying to throw uh, Ash, but then he, Ash gives him the old Von Eric claw, <laughs> but instead to his forehead, it was right to his heart, and just like, heart grab! And Parker's like, my heart! You know, and he goes down. But they eventually waylay him with a uh, fire extinguisher. Yeah, knock his head off. And he starts freaking out, and he yes. starts spinning and, and gyrating and freaking out. They're like, he's a goddamn robot! Once, once Ash stops breakdancing, <laughs> get the rap mat out, baby. Um, they lay him on the table yeah. and they're trying to get his head propped up perfectly so that yeah. they can talk to it. Even when I first watched it, it was so terrible. It's not good. The, they, they obviously have the dummy head and they're trying to get it propped up, but then it cuts it's a, it's, a, it's just and it's still him it's to to ash but it's ian holmes with his head through a table and it's a terrible they should have cut away to lambert or somebody and then, cut back. and then cut back but they don't they go from the prosthetic head to a cut to a cut to right, the prosthetic or right to, to the head to lambert or yeah. to ash it's so bad so it's a jarring obvious cut the prosthetic head looks nothing like Ian Holmes. Um, and the prosthetic head, where we see it pre-cut to Ian's head post-cut, aren't even in the same position. No, not <laughs> at all. It's so bad. Yeah. It's not good. <laughs> not even for the time. It's just bad. No, this is just bad. It's terrible. No, zero attention to detail whatsoever. They're like, whatever. <laughs> just I don't know what sure they were thinking. Make sure we take enough semen on him. It'll look fine. <laughs> Needs to just look like every Bukaki scene oh, you've ever yeah. watched. If you wonder what that word means, Google it. We're not telling you. Yeah. Be an adult. Find that shit out <laughs> on your own. Yeah. If you do know what it means, y'all need some Jesus. <laughs> Oh, but now, so at this point, Ash is basically spilling the beans. Right. Um, telling, the, telling the rest of the crew that's left what's actually the corporate wanted. Mm -hmm. oh, sorry, I'm still thinking about that prosthetic head. It's terrible. I, I thought you were going to say Bukaki. No. <laughs> I'm still thinking about what was that trick with the band and the thing and the t-shirt? <laughs> well, to help hide a boner. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, see, and you thought I was being exaggerative when I was talking about how sexual this movie was. Well, yeah, I didn't, you know, I didn't realize that it was so um, intentional. Yes. Again, so much of this, I was like, I'm just being immature. No, apparently I'm not. Nope. Nope. <laughs> not this time.
Now, hold on. while they're talking to Ash, he does hit him with a great line about like what it is, what the creature is, and the company's orders and their chances of survival and everything and whatever. And his last lines, he hits him with, you have my sympathies. Remember, he's like, Ripley, before you go, you have my sympathies. And I'm like, oh my God, the sass, the stone cold sass from this fucking robot. <laughs> Wait, they get pro ro- robots to be smarmy and have sass. They, they can't, they can't program freakouts. <laughs> yeah, they did, but you just have to knock its head off. <laughs> you just have to damage enough circuits it starts yeah. dancing. And they can do the electric boogaloo. <laughs> you did so well too. But no, I do want it to just stone cold line him. You have my sympathies, and then they toast him with Parker's the flamethrower. Like, yeah, we're gonna cook your ass. So now they're like, okay, just three of us left. The escape shuttle only seats three. Well, mathematically, this is perfect now. So we're just going to leave. And what this bothered me, but what I understand the movie logic, because you don't want them just being able to jump on the escape pod and take off. But in why is it only seat three? Why would you not have enough spots for everybody on the crew? It's it's a little Titanic esque. Exactly. Where are all the lifeboats? That's... This is a like seven person crew. Over half of them just get left for dead. Yeah. <laughs> it's like Lambert, you get on the door. Fucking Parker will just hang out in space and freeze to death. Yeah. But don't scoot over. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but that I don't know. When I heard that, that bothered me. I'm like, why in the hell? But yeah. and maybe that's the part of the company trying to save money because everybody's expendable. Would be Waylon so, Utani sucks. That's what I'm going to go with. Yeah, y- yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah. We're not at all coming up with excuses. <laughs> all right. Sometimes you got to make your own uh, movie logic. Yes. <laughs> but, but they're like, okay, we need a bunch of coolant to keep this thing running because. Escape shuttles aren't meant to travel entire galaxy systems. <laughs> when I got that, that I was fine with that. That yeah. made sense to me. Then they split up again. Well, that l- didn't make sense to me. <laughs> Parker and Lambert go together. Right. And Ripley doesn't. She goes to start the self-destruct the, sequence. Yeah. And get everything on the lifeboat or lifeboat. Right. Going. Yeah. But Lambert and Pat Parker stay together. Right. But. They still separate. No. No, I'm, but I'm saying Ripley, oh, Ripley separate. Yes. Yeah, there's still a separation. Yes. That okay. doesn't make sense to me. All go together for everything. I don't, And honestly, I don't think it would have mattered because the Xenomorph takes out both Lambert and Parker at the same time, essentially. Yeah, but that was Parker's fault. But I think if Ripley was there, then... Or I'm sorry, was, that was Lambert's fault. Well, yeah, because she screams all the time. And... Yeah. Okay. So brings attention to so herself. so Ripley's trying to get the shuttle going and the self destruct sequence going, and um, Parker and Lambert go to get the coolant for the ship for the escape shuttle, and that's when the xenomorph attacks and it's going for Lambert, and she's screaming and freaking out. She drops to her her knees like fetal position. She's out. Parker has the flamethrower and he's like, "Bitch, move!" Just get out of the way. I'm going to sh- I'm going to burn it. I'm going to I'm going to torch it. I'm going to don't make me torch you too. Like move. Get, 
move your ass. And she doesn't move her ass, but she, he doesn't torch her either. So he's like, I've got to be the hero. I've got to save her. So instead of lighting the xenomorph up, he charges in like hand-to-hand combat style and it obviously kills him. And then it kills her. Parker should have lived in that moment. Yeah, I agree. Um, also, because the xenomorph is both. like seven foot tall, she has cowered down in like a fetal position. He could have just aimed up, but what do I know? I don't know anything. <laughs> just just aim, and I don't know, the, the four to five feet above her you have of a target. Aim for the giant dickhead and just shoot that. <laughs> but again, what do I know? Very little about anything. Um, but no, like like Lambert. So, but had Ripley been there, I think she'd have torched it whether Lambert was there or not. Oh, I agree. Yeah. Or shot it in its giant dickhead and she'd have been fine. So I, I disagree. You said it wouldn't have mattered. I think it would have mattered. Ripley doesn't take shit from nobody. <laughs> uh, you know, you're not wrong there, but. We, we've, I, we've talked about good, strong, smart, capable, believable female characters. Oh, she's... 1979, Ripley. <laughs> yeah, she's by far, I think, my favorite, my top pick. For, like, all-time, like, movie heroine? Yeah. 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 Get Easily. away from her, you bitch. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, absolutely. No, Ripley's awesome. Sigourney Weaver's awesome. But no, so, so yeah, Parker and Lambert are gone. Ripley's by herself. She went, oh, shit, I can't escape. Tries to turn the self-destruct sequence off, but isn't able to get to it in time. Because wouldn't you know it, this ship's self-destruct sequence is really involved. There is there is zero chance you accidentally trigger self How often is it in movies where it's just like a button or yeah. like keyword command self-destruct? And they're like, cool, <laughs> shit's going to blow up now. This no, one. this was like, it was two lock and keys. Then it was a button that unlocked a panel that needed a screwdriver that had two simultaneous pull levels that opened a floor hatch that had a computer that needed a co-word that then you had to screw some bullshit into. I'm just like, God damn! <laughs> I've had Ikea furniture go together with less work than this. But Same number of Allen wrenches, though. <laughs> you have a ton of Allen wrenches? I have I have all the Allen wrenches. You know Alan what? Wrench I will never, for, for as long as I live, I will never forget this. I distinctly remember growing up, just being a little kid, and dad saying, hey, go get my Allen wrenches. I'd go out to the shed where there was an old uh, Folgers coffee container. And so it was, you know, one of those big red Folgers coffee containers, right? And it was just packed of just old, rusty Allen wrenches. There had to have been several hundred Allen wrenches in this <laughs> thing. Hell? And then I'd take it and be like, there you go, Dad. And then he would just start digging through them for one that was the right size. Oh my god. He just had hundreds of Allen wrenches in a Fulcher's coffee container. I will never forget that. That's excessive. And well, you know, what you, well, I might need this later. You know, he put it with his other Allen wrenches. Nope. Throw that shit away. What do you do when you need an Allen wrench? I have an Allen wrench set. So if I get a one from an Ikea furniture set, then I just use it and throw it away. It's not condoms. It's tools. <laughs> it's not tools. It's pieces of metal. Which is a tool. <laughs> just throw it away. You're a tool. <laughs> I'm not a piece of metal. <laughs> 
I was about to say something about you being the equivalent of a used condom, but you know, it's fine. It's fine. We're not going there. So now Ripley is stuck on a self-destructing ship. There's an alien hunting her. She's not doing super well, but she ultimately makes it to the shuttle, blasts off, the ship self-destructs. It's actually a pretty cool explosion scene because it, it's self-destruct it blows up three times yeah i was wondering why so many times it, it is three full like death star you know circle explosion ring three times like was their ship that big it only operated by with seven people it must have been what would happen if an actual ship, what does space combat look like in the alien universe? Do, do ships explode? just look like a fireworks show every it's just, time? It's just a big ball of white light all the time. <laughs> Nobody can actually see anything. Mm-hmm. Nope. We'll come to find out. Okay. I thought this was weird. Maybe you can shed light on it. Ripley's going to go. She's got Jonesy the cat. She saved the cat. Yep. She's going to go into hypersleep because the shuttle has hypersleep capability. Doesn't have pajamas. And oh, look, there's gratuitous, unnecessary Sigourney Weaver in her underwear shots that I disagree with. And again, the she, company cannot afford to yes, provide. Yes, it can. It just chooses not it, to. It's because it's cheap. And, and again, Sigourney Weaver, God bless her, has no butt. Her underwear basically is falling off, and this would be the case whether she was with people or alone. So all of her co-workers are going to get see way more of her than she would probably like them to. Right. And I'm just like, I'm not okay with this. I do not want to see my co-workers lack of butt and their underwear falling off. Okay. I demand space pajamas. Noted. I'll look it up on Amazon. <laughs> and order some you, for next Christmas. You're gonna get me space pajamas. <laughs> yes, damn it, you guessed it. <laughs> Where's you know what? I know. I'm sure someone from NASA listens to this hot content. Hit me up. Do astronauts have space pajamas? It haunts my dreams. I need to know because surely to God they do. I do not want to know that our whole, you know, space exploration field is just a bunch of weird swingers. That's going to really bum me out. Everybody's just up there in their fruit of the looms. Everybody's just up. Yeah, just like, yeah, whatever. We're just, you know, flying free, just hanging out and whatever, just bumping into each other in space. And I'm like, I don't know. Lack of gravity. Yeah. That- I don't need to see, you know, Dallas's dang and zero gravity just snaking around. Like, looks like an elephant trunk just dancing around. <laughs> Nobody wants to see that. <laughs> so we're on the uh, skate pod. Sans pajamas. <laughs> okay, but the alien is on the pod. But it's like curled up in a bunk or some like in, in between some cubbies or some shit. It's like laying in an egg position on its side. And I'm like, what is this is weird. What is it doing? It's not hunting her. It's just like, I'm taking a little nappy nap. It's probably full from eating Lambert <laughs> and Parker and Parker. But you get what I'm saying. I'm like, this is weird. 
And so then she like floods the bay with poisonous gas or whatever and gets it out the airlock and then shoots it with the harpoon and you know it, yeah. and then blasts off and, and and yeah and then oh yeah and then it's like it's it the 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 airlock door closes on the harpoon gun and the cord is still connected so it's like trying to climb on the outside of the ship so she hits the thrusters and like hooks its ass right and it's it's all brutal and it looks pretty cool but like what the fuck is it doing <laughs> laying on its side in the, the escape craft like what is it doing is it just like haha she can't see me and when she gets close I'm gonna hug her like Dallas I'm gonna give her the old hug attack like wh- I don't it's weird but not in a good way what is it doing I don't know I don't know I, I'm just gonna say it's maybe it's hibernating or trying to hibernate uh, maybe it's trying to sleep maybe it's like oh I it does it have enough intelligence and wherewithal to know that this escape shuttle is going to earth and will lead it to more food and it has to like keep a low profile like yeah i don't know you get what i'm saying though like this seems out of character for this monster and i don't understand what's happening and it almost seems like they had its death planned out but they didn't know exactly how we were getting to it right so they were like whatever just put it there in that cubby hole and we'll make it work i think it's one of those moments where the filmmakers are like okay we have to let ripley calm down let the audience calm down how do we do that and have a good scare at the same time? Yeah, but is it a good scare? I think it's a good scare. When she's just like, <gasps> and then you look and like, but there it is. And it's not doing anything. It's, it's just like. The, the scare part when it reaches its hand out. Yeah. Got me. But you're right. Oh, yeah, that's right. It does reach out and like touch her. But it, yeah. again, it doesn't do anything. But you're right. But and then she runs off and she gets into the spacesuit. Yeah. But you're right because she's watching it. And it's in the wall, almost like it's like, oh, son of a bitch. I got stuck. Yeah. <laughs> you know? How do I get, I, I, I want to get her. She's right there. But I got, I'm, I'm, I had way too much Lambert. <laughs> I'm stuck. I'm like Winnie the Pooh. I'm stuck. So it's a think, 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 think. <laughs> I got in here. Why get out? Yeah. Think, 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 think. So, but yeah, that when I did watch it again, I was like, "Oh, okay, that's kind of because it's writhing in there and it's it's stuck." It's it's yeah, for it, lack of a better word. But it's but then when she like gets the gases going and she's got her harpoon and then d- to lure it to the airlock or whatever, um, it gets out and it moves and I'm like, it's just weird to me. I don't know what it's doing and it feels really odd. Yeah, I agree with that. But I did love the part where it's in the wall and you you see it, but you don't see it. And then she goes up to do something and that hand comes out. It's like, oh, shit. It and was there the works. whole time. And that all of that works. Until yeah. she's like, oh, shit, it's right there. Oh, it's not moving. I'm just going to go over here to the spacesuit. Oh, it's still not moving. I'm going to put the spacesuit on. Oh, God, I couldn't look at it. Where is it now? Oh, good. It hasn't moved at all. Yeah. And maybe it's something like like a creature that's it won't do anything unless it's hungry and it's not hu- hungry or threatened i don't know i don't know but okay let's say if either of those are the case which is fine then that needs to be established oh, before the climactic end i agree right otherwise you're like what the hell is it doing <laughs> like this is just dumb yeah i no, don't know i agree like when it finally dies is cool and we have a lot of cool overlapping elements and it works. 
but I don't know. It's just like, yeah, I'm here. Yeah. I'm they, had stuck. Get, they had to give her time to get in a suit and hide. and. Yeah, but there are better ways to do that. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't know about this one. That was a weird head motion you just made. I'm going to ignore. But Ripley sends, you know, leaves basically a log explaining what happened to the Nostromo and this alien creature. And if this is if she's ever found, if this log is ever found, people will know. She and Jonesy go into hypersleep. Roll credits. Did I is there anything that we didn't touch on? No, no. I mean it's fairly 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 simple story. Yeah. Fairly simple movie. Oh, okay. Actually, hold on. I have two things. I was going over my notes real quick to make sure I didn't miss anything. Some scenes in this movie are hard to watch. Because they're so dark? No, because it's just strobing light. (laughs) Heaven forbid anyone who suffers from epilepsy watches any part of this movie because there are some parts. I don't have epilepsy. I don't have a problem with flashing lights, and I still got a headache because it's just wow, 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 wow. I didn't really notice that too bad. And then, uh, oh, <laughs> Ripley's trying to put the the spacesuit on to kill the alien. Do you notice the the oddly large number of hatchets, like steel <laughs> hatchets, in the closet with her? No, just a cl- hatchet closet. It had one spacesuit and fifty seven hatchets. <laughs> I'm going. Why are there so many hatchets in this closet? No, that's all I had though. I okay. just wanted to do things. Yeah, no. Strobing lights and hatchets. I miss I miss the hatchet clo- uh, closet. Right. Well, we're gonna go back and look at it. Okay. All right. Final thoughts. Go ahead. Going back. Okay. Do did I enjoy this movie? Yes. Do I still enjoy this movie? Yes. Is it as timeless as some of the others we have seen that are similar in age? No just not that being said though i still think it's a good movie yes i think it's worth the ticket price sigourney weaver kills it ripley is truly an icon of protagonists heroes heroines any description you description you want to give she's in the conversation she's well written she's well acted you know, she's a badass up until she's a weird clone. We don't talk about that. Actual human Ripley. <laughs> um, and for all of uh, the little bugginess and the jankiness that this film has, gives it just, it's not so much that it takes you out of the movie, but it is enough. You can have a snicker at it. It gives it character. So I think if you have never seen Alien, give it a watch. It's worth your time. Alien for me. I love Ripley. I think she's a fantastic character. Like you said, well written. Uh, the cast of this whole movie is outstanding. Yeah. You know, Tom Skerritt is Dallas. is great. Uh, Harry Dean Stanton is outstanding. Um, I cannot think of the Yafet Kodo plays Parker. Parker. And, and Lambert. Um <laughs> Bill Paxton of the team. Yes. The Morgan of the team. Uh, uh, Dallas! Uh, the, Dallas! The Morgan of the Earp family. Um, the Wyatt family. The Wyatt family, yeah. 
<laughs> um, the effects, you know, do have some some hit and miss. One big miss with the the android head. Um, that is the biggest miss. That of the is, movie. A, and that's not even what we've talked about before. Like, there's things I notice in this movie, effects wise, because of the higher resolution. Yeah. That was definitely not one of the no, high-resolution giveaways. It looked like shit in 79, and it looks like shit now. Yeah. <laughs> um, but the, it has the great atmosphere. Mm-hmm. It has, you know, the, the ship in space. You can't escape it. The music is creepy, and just the whole movie, you are, are filled with dread. Yeah. That being said... There are moments of I got a little bored. It was a little slow. I feel that, yeah. Um, but and and this is and this won't be a movie that I will watch. I'll probably watch it again in another five years, maybe. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I don't feel like it's a movie you can just throw on and be like, "Oh man, we're in for a good time." You know, it's you got to give it got to give it a moment. You can't rewatch it every month. But that being said. This movie is worth the ticket price. Give it a watch. Give it a watch. You won't be disappointed. Especially, I, I wish, I wish I'd never seen this movie, honestly, and then watched it I, I, to rewatch it. Oh yeah, you know, just I don't know anything about it. I want to go into it fresh. I would have been, I'd have been, it had such a good time. I know it had such a good time. Oh yeah, but yeah, give it a watch. It's definitely worth your time. All right, I think that about covers it for Alien. Where's our hat? We'll draw a movie, and we will get out of here. Let the people go home and recuperate from all this penis talk. <laughs> I know I need a break. Yes, me too. I can only handle so much penis. <laughs> There's a sound bite for everyone. All right, looking around <laughs> in the hat, digging in the hat, digging in the hat, and okay. Oh, motherfucker. Can we talk about penises more? <laughs> what? You're going to love this. This is a you movie. You put this movie in the hat. I didn't put this movie. This is a you. This is you all over it. Okay. 1989 Batman. Oh, okay. This is you. Yeah. 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 Uh, great. Okay. This is going to be a good time. All right. Tune in next week as we dive into the Michael Keaton, Jack Nicholson, Batman. And uh, thank you all for listening. I'm Jake. That's Tevis. We're Ticket Price. This has been our look at Alien. And uh, tune in next week. We'll see how Batman goes and hopefully have fewer penises coming at us. Until then, be good to each other and good night. The fewer, the better. Speak for yourself. <laughs>